In a world of what are yous, welcome to the place where the answer is always human. My name is Natalie and you're listening to Some Kind of Brown, a podcast about mixed and multiracial life, current events, and ways to build the best life by a southern girl who's trying to figure it out for herself. When I was growing up, the only way to avoid picking sides was to check other. There was no other option on standardized tests or the census. It was only until the last three years or so that the option to choose one or more races started to appear, but to me it felt like too little too late. Whether the standardized tests seeped into everyday life or the other way around, I don't know. But what I do know is that there is a very real pressure to choose a side for mixed people. I know it varies between minority groups and cultures, but the pressure is there all the same. For me, the pressure came in the form of acting black. There was a lot of pressure from my dad's side of the family, my cousins specifically, not the older generation, to act a certain way, to choose to be a part of their culture as they saw it in order to be accepted, and to them, except myself. That pressure didn't just come from my cousins. There were a set of twins in high school that I thought were absolutely gorgeous. They were beautiful and black and proud of it. I had a massive crush on one of them and never really thought about where their pride and their heritage came from until their dad gave me a ride home after a school event. It turned into one of the most awkward car rides in the history of car rides for me. Keep in mind, this was the first time I had ever met their dad. He kept asking me questions about my parents and their ethnic backgrounds, and even after knowing that wonderful mix that is me, he came to the conclusion that I was black. And only black. On the one hand, he was right. I am a black woman. But I'm also Irish and Cherokee, and there are other components of my heritage that I'm just as proud of. I'm proud of where I came from, and it took me a long time to figure out that I can claim and celebrate all those parts equally. But to him, the only thing that mattered was that I'm black. Along with that came Ebonics. According to his ideals of what black is, Ebonics is the language of our people in this country and I should speak it. Growing up, this idea is the same that my dad tried to keep us away from as kids. His reasons, though, I will get into in another podcast. But my friend's dad was adamant that although our ancestral languages were taken from us during the time of slavery, and I do actually descend from Africans who were brought here as slaves, Ebonics is the closest that we can get. He believed English is the language of the oppressor, and speaking the broken form was the only way to honor our heritage. At 16, I was overwhelmed and didn't know how to respond to anything he said to me that day. I felt like he had ignored my existence and tried to impose his self-identification on me as if it were the only way. Ironically, he was also a staunch Christian and had no desire to reach back to explore the region he came from and the religions of Africa. I find it curious that his ideals only went so far. But what it came down to for me was that I wanted to identify with the Irish, a culture that my maternal grandmother made sure that I had connections to. I wanted to identify with the Cherokee that my cousins, who are registered Cherokee and traveled around to various gatherings around the country, tried to make sure I knew about and was connected to as well. And why shouldn't I be allowed to? We are past the days of the one-drop rule, where if you have one drop of black, you are wholly and only black. We should be past the days where someone says you have a touch of the tar brush, but unfortunately someone said that to me in recent years. You would think in 2018 we'd be over this. Now, this might just be a Southern problem, but I see things like this reflected in the wider world outside of the South. There are Korean idols and singers who are part Korean and part white who face the erasure of their Korean identity. When a person mixed with black enters the American news, regardless of however they personally identify, they are quickly labeled black. I think we need to change our mentality when it comes to people who come from multiple racial backgrounds. 
There are some who identify strongly or only with one part of themselves, and they should be allowed to identify that way. But for others like me who want to identify as mixed or multiracial, we should have a space to do that as well. Basically, mixed and multiracial people should be allowed to identify however they want without criticism. There's a lot that influences how a person identifies, and we need a broader view of race and the different identifications within that spectrum to really understand and respect each other. Continuing with National Minority Health Month, I want to talk about the idea of incongruence and how that can affect our happiness and also how that can shape our experiences as mixed or multiracial people. Without getting too deep into the psychology of it, incongruence is where your ideal self doesn't line up with your perceived self, the way you see yourself. To me, this has everything to do with your happiness. Are you doing things that go against your personal values? Are you doing things that make you happy? When your actions and emotions are not in line with where or who you want to be, it can make you feel trapped and affect your self-worth. There are some things that you can't control about where you are now, so I'm not saying that everything can be changed. All I'm suggesting is rethinking both who you are and who you want to be. The first step to becoming more in line with yourself is honestly looking at who you are. And look with both kindness and brutal honesty. Write down all the things that you hold to be true about yourself, and then write down all the things you wished were ideally true. For example, I'd ideally like to be a non-judgmental person, but I still find myself making harsh judgments of people off their appearance, the way they speak, or how they act. In order to make myself more in line with my ideal self, when I catch myself making those judgments, I stop myself and try to look at the person for who they are beyond those superficial things. For those of us who come from multiple racial backgrounds, incongruence can have a large impact on how we see ourselves and our place in society. The biggest problem for me is that it's society that's imposing this self-image, not necessarily ourselves. We hear and see the stereotypes, and may even experience the pressure to adhere to that stereotype to fit into one side or the other, but that's not the person we have to be or how we have to express ourselves. If we can let go of that ideal person, we can look at how we as individuals want to express our ideal selves, including our identity as mixed or multiracial people. As I grow older, cultural identity has become more and more important to me. I've wanted to learn more about where I come from and about the rich cultural histories on all sides. For me to become more in line with myself, I reached out to family members to reconnect with those sides I haven't been around since I was young, and I'm trying to learn more about different African cultures, Cherokee traditions, and even more Irish history and music. Sometimes in order for me to connect with some of these cultures, I've had to go to family members who keep records of where we came from. Unfortunately, due to the slave trade, I don't know where my family came from in Africa. So exploring different countries and their religions and cultures and music have been a very big support for me. It's important to me to have these traditions and histories in my life, and it makes me feel like I'm accepting all that I am. It may not be the same for you, some of you might identify with one side of yourself and feel at home there, and that's okay. As long as you are true to your ideal self and are working towards the person you want to be, that's what really matters. Thank you for listening to this episode of Some Kind of Brown. We have new episodes every Monday, and you can find me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Some Kind of Brown. Be sure to check out somekindofbrown.com for show notes and more information. Thank you to purpleplanet.com for our theme song, Love Life, and I'll see you next Monday with some more Shades of Brown.